unchangeable feels unforgivable. Ooh, that is a real statement, okay? Because how am I supposed to move on when this thing is such a part of my reality now and sometimes for the rest of my life? So now what, <laughs> right? How am I supposed to navigate this? How am I supposed to move on when I feel like I'm forever stuck with this thing? That is what we're going to be getting into on today's episode as we explore chapter eight and continue in our journey towards freedom and forgiveness. So hop in, sis, buckle up. We are about to go for a really good ride. Are you feeling like it's finally time to break free from trauma and the drama of a past relationship? Do you find yourself searching for scriptures and sermons for ways to heal from past pain and forgive those who gave it? Are you hoping that someday you'll finally have the clarity you need to move on with your life? Well, you have found the right place. In this podcast, you're going to find clarity, sis. You're going to gain confidence. You're going to find new strength. And that's all going to be done through scripture, tips, resources, and coaching so that you can start to live a more fulfilling life. Grab your journal, sis. Let's get to work. So y'all, this chapter really took me back, okay? It took me back to a very specific car ride. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was leaving Richmond, Virginia, headed to Charlottesville one Sunday. And this was at the time that I was um, separated from my ex-husband. And my church in Richmond was having a service with a sister church in Charlottesville. On this particular Sunday, we were having a combined service. And Charlottesville was like an hour drive from Richmond. So I had a decent drive ahead of me. Um, It's a really pretty drive. Charlottesville is really, really pretty. Um, I feel like it was was fall or winter because I still remember, I remember the trees still being really beautiful at that time, but the fall kind of beautiful. But I was, I was in for this drive, right? And I was driving by myself. So I had time. (laughs) What did I have time for? I had time to be in my head. I had time to confront the Lord. Okay. So (laughs) it was, I'm laughing now because, baby, the way that this conversation went, I was like, listen, I was going through it. So at first, as I took this drive and I'm all in my head, there was all this anxiety all throughout my divorce process. There was this anxiety going to church and wondering like if he was going to be there. And if so, what that encounter would be like. I can remember every single time pulling on the parking lot, looking for his car to be like, okay, let me prep myself based on whether or not I see it and how my heart would start to beat faster. The closer I got to church and the closer I got to that parking lot, it was real. And so I'm experiencing the same thing this day. Um, 
all throughout that process, I would be anxious if I would randomly run into him in public. And then what, you know, like this, my husband technically, but not practically (laughs) right now. Like we've known each other in very intimate ways, but in this season, he's also a stranger, like how awkward, right? So that's where my thoughts started. Like, is he going to be here? What's this going to be like? This is so awkward and icky. Um, And then they shifted. My thoughts shifted during this car ride to why me? At first, I started to get upset. And then I started to get like really sad (laughs) and I started running down, not just this situation, but every situation to God that I despised about my story. And I was feeling so frustrated about this, like asking God, why is this my story? Like, why am I the one that has to go through this? Why did I have to be the girl who didn't know her biological dad? All my friends know their daddy. (laughs) Even if they don't have great relationships with him, they know him, right? Why did I have to be the girl with parents going through a divorce and specifically at the same time that she's going through a divorce? Like how ghetto. And then why am I the one going through a divorce period? (laughs) Like I follow all the same steps that all these other people did. Why did I have to be the one whose world was being shattered after being so open on social media about my journey? I'm out here blogging, honey. I'm trying to point the people back to the Lord through my relationship. God is good. Now look at me. Okay. (laughs) Feeling like I'm looking like a fool because it's like, I'm sorry. You said the Lord brought this together and now it's ending in divorce. Make it make sense. So I'm just all in my feels with shame, embarrassment, anxiety, all the things that I'm just asking God, like, why me? What did I ever do to deserve this? And I'm just crying and crying and crying the entire drive. And this is literally the conversation I'm having with him as I'm driving and the tears are streaming down my face and it was just another hard day in this season of being separated it was just a hard day and in a moment in a moment in this car ride I very clearly hear God's response and he says Shell I'm gonna use it all And now I'm crying and I'm weeping because I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful, Lord, that you would turn these graves into gardens. Y'all, I'm going through it (laughs) in the car, okay? (laughs) And so now I'm weeping for a whole different reason in a matter of seconds. And after that, the Holy Spirit just began to minister to me about how so many women would be able to get to know the different parts of this story and resonate with it, right? Like he was showing me how throughout the scope of my story, women were going to be able to hear it and be like, ooh, that piece about your biological dad, I relate to that. Ooh, that piece about your stepdad, I relate to that. Ooh, that piece about your relationship with your mama, I relate to that. Ooh, that whole divorce thing, yes, is Like they were, he was showing me women being able to just pick pieces of my story and be like, yep, that's me. He was ministering to me about how this was the story of so many women and so many black women and how he was going to use this to show how redemption was possible. 
Okay. I'm living in that promise now. Hello, somebody. I'm living in that promise today. This rabbit trail of why me turned into an intimate moment on a drive where God himself ministered directly to my soul. And it brought me a comfort, right? That only he could. My situation was not changing. But the way that the Lord comforted me, it didn't remove the pain, right? But in the moment, it brought me the comfort and the reassurance that although I cannot change this, because unchangeable feels unforgivable. He was changing that perspective. I can't change this, but what I can do is choose to partner with God in what happens after this, right? And we've talked about that idea of the things that we do have control over versus the things that we don't. Let me tell you what I can do. I can't change it, but I can decide how this looks for me going forward. And so as Lisa mentioned, the unchangeable in this chapter, it reminded me of another emotional battle I faced during this season. Um, There was a day when the reality hit me like a ton of bricks. That reality was I'm forever going to be a divorced woman. I feel it now. I'm forever going to be divorced. Like even if I remarry, I'll always bear the title of divorce because even when I get married again, now I bear the title of remarried, right? Not just married. It felt y'all, it felt like wearing the scarlet letter. It felt like the thing I would never be able to get rid of. It felt like the scar that I couldn't clean and make it go away, right? I could never get away from this. It felt like it would haunt me the rest of my life. And I was just like, Lord, now everybody, every man I meet, I'm going to have to tell them I've been married before. How is that going to go over? Like, it was just ghetto. Okay. And so um, as I thought about this and reflected on this, in that first year or so following this season, it did feel like it haunted me. <laughs> okay. Like my old name was popping up everywhere. Like that little arcade game where you have to bop the heads that's coming up. That's how my old last name felt. Like, baby, why, 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 why? The name just keep coming up and I back it back down. Like, mm-mm, change that, change that, change that, change that. I change it with one company, then get another piece of mail and it it's coming up again and again and again and again. And eventually I just started throwing mail away <laughs> that had my former last name on it because I was like, clearly this ain't important. If you don't know the new me by now, okay, baby, then you don't get access to me. Ain't that how we be? So, I'm throwing this mail away because if you were important enough, I would have already changed my name with you and you would have already took care of that. So you just straight going in the trash, okay? If I ain't been in communication with you in all this time for y'all to know that ain't my name, y'all are not important. <laughs> so I could relate to the name of this title, right? Like it felt unchangeable, even though I knew God would redeem it, like the Lord had ministered to me specifically. So I didn't have a doubt in my mind that he was going to redeem it. But the fact of the matter was, it was still unchangeable. (laughs) The facts were still going to be the facts. So what was I supposed to do? Was I supposed to wear it proudly? 
wear these scars proudly, wear this experience proudly? Was I supposed to just kind of tuck it away in the closet and like, yeah, that happened, but we don't talk about that or something in between, right? For me, I chose to lean in. I leaned into having uncomfortable conversations about it. I leaned into allowing the emotions to be front and center in times when they felt inconvenient. I leaned into it when I felt shame and I had to ask myself why, like, let's stop and ask why. I leaned into it when I felt regret. What is it that I'm regretting? What is it that I have remorse over? I leaned in when I felt anger and when I wanted revenge and I'm having to tell the Lord, listen, I want to do, do, do. Okay. So I'm going to need you to help me to get it together. Cause I know that's not the heart that you want me to have a baby. If I see him, it's on sight. You hear me? <laughs> Seriously though, anger and revenge was real. Okay. There were plenty of times that I was tempted to pop up. Right. I leaned in when people had questions and I had a lot of questions and they were so curious, right? All the time. I leaned in and I embraced it as a part of my journey with the Lord. And I leaned in when I had questions that I didn't understand. I just leaned in (laughs) in all the ways that I could to just embrace and make the most of this experience that was just a part of my journey. And so in chapter eight, there were five truths that Lisa touched on during this chapter. I'll briefly mention them all, but specifically want to speak to the last one. The first truth was that was that forgiveness is more satisfying than revenge. Mm, And I just want y'all to sit with that for a second. Forgiveness is more satisfying than revenge. I can testify to that. The second one is our God is not a do nothing God. True facts. Justice does belong to him. The third truth is your offender is also suffering from pain. Both and both things are true. Yes, they hurt you, but they may also be hurting. The fourth, the purpose of forgiveness is not always reconciliation. I knew that to be true in my own story. Baby, we were not getting back together, okay? So that is not what the Lord was trying to do. But that didn't stop the forgiveness and being able to move on and move forward from it. And then lastly, truth number five, the enemy is the real villain. Woo! And that's kind of where I want to park a little bit before I head out today. The enemy is the real villain. Do you hear me? If there's anything that I want you to walk away with from this chapter and episode, that's what it is. The enemy was the one who devised a plan from the beginning to have us separated from God through sin. He is the one who looked down on us and was like, let me at them. I want them. The enemy is the reason why family dynamics are jacked up. And so therefore, the enemy is the reason why we experience things that cause us to do harmful things to other people. See how I just made that about us and not just the person who hurt you, right? Like we all, we all guilty of doing harmful things to other people because we're all sinful. We all fall short. We're all on a journey where we're, 
waging, I'm getting my tongue tied, waging war against an enemy if you're a Christian. If you're a Christian, you are on a journey where you are fighting a war. You're waging war against an enemy. And let me tell you, the enemy has a plan for how he'd want you to respond to this too, right? First Peter 5, 8 says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Do you hear me? A roaring lion? Baby, he's hungry. He out for meat. He out for you. Stay alert. He's out there looking, seeking to devour you. Come on, y'all. He'd love for you to stay stuck. He'd love for you to stay closed off. He'd love for your heart to grow hard. He'd love for you to not hope again. He'd love for you to not love again. He'd love for you to do away with community and relationships. Hello? He'd love for you to keep playing what happened over and over in your mind. He'd love for you to run to anything other than God for comfort. I'm trying to put y'all up on game. He'd love for you to keep complaining to your friends, sis. He'd love for you to think that scripture that's clearly talking about you ain't for you. Hello? He'd love for you to not examine your own heart. He'd love for you to stay stagnant. He'd love for you to think you don't need those people. He love for you to think that you ain't play no part in what happened to you. Is that what you want? I don't know anyone who has ever wanted the same thing for themselves that their enemy also wanted for them. Hello? Hello? Do you hear me? I don't know anybody who can be made aware of their enemy's plans against them and be like, yeah, I want that for me too. What? That does not make sense, right? But let me tell you, if you are still on the merry-go-round of offense and you're not doing the work to heal and move forward, sis, then you are right where Satan wants you. Sit with that this week. Until next time, loves, I'm out. Hey, girl, hey. If you enjoyed today's episode, sis, chances are there are other women just like you who would enjoy it too, but they won't know about it unless we actually tell them, okay? So if you don't mind helping me spread the word, will you take 30 seconds to leave a review of the show and then screenshot this episode and share it with your friends wherever you like to hang out? It really would mean so much to me. All right, go and review those journal notes. I'll meet you back here next week for another session.